Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Akiora. It Ah, thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't, I don't do it perfectly. There's still a lot of words that I have a real hard time with. Um, I call myself, I've been here for eight years, guys, eight years. And I like to refer to myself as an Amerikiwi. Um, because I'm, I'm in it, man. I love this country and I love the, the people and the fun out and, um, just, yeah, it's just good stuff. And it's so cool to be back here again. There's so many changes in this church. It's just been, it, it's just, everything is like, it's just different coming back here and, and really cool. But to be honest, there's this amazing, um, just presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Hey, like, can you feel that this morning? Like, as we were worshiping, I just felt this, like, just God here, you know? And, and it does, the Bible does say that, right? When two or three are gathered in his name, he's there with us, you know? And I and just felt like God was kind of walking up and down the aisles going, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is my people. This is my fun out. This is who I love. And you know that word, aroha? That word, I've heard people talk, oh, yes, Lord. He's feeling the aroha, hey. That, that word is so, is amazing. It kind of reminds me of the word in the Bible, agape. Um, God d- describes his love for us as, as agape love. This, it's a deep, it's an intense love, right? And, and he has that, that agape, that aroha for us, that love. And that, that word, aroha, means something deeper. It's not just love, like I love tacos, or I love um, coffee, or it, it's, it's this intense love. And that's the kind of love and that's the kind of, of Holy Spirit that is here today. He's just loving on us all and he's in the midst of us. And just, just embrace that right now and just exhale in that. Because, you know, we, we, have, we have busy lives, don't we? Is anybody in here bored? Not me, none of us are, eh? We all have busy lives, don't we? And I've been reading a lot of, of Philippians this week, just kind of going over those chapters in Philippians where, um, you know, we, we hear Paul talking to the Philippians and he's, he's saying, look, I, I forget what was behind and I look forward to what is ahead. And sometimes we can get stuck in the behind. We can get stuck. We come into church on a Sunday morning and, you know, we're still thinking about last week, you know, and, but God just wants us to just exhale in him today and forget all the stuff Forget all the busyness that we have and just just exhale in him and, and just be in that presence, you know? Um, so, like I said, I've been here for eight years now and, and I, I love it. I have the opportunity of working with Barnabas Fund and I get to, to travel around to, to churches and speak to people. Um, how many of you guys are familiar with who Barnabas Fund is and what we do? Awesome, many of you. Um, just so we're on the same page, we do get confused with Bernardo's a lot. We're not, not Bernardo's. That's a great organization, but not us. And then the other one that, that we get called quite a lot is the Barabbas Fund. <laughs> close, but not really close. Um, Barabbas was the guy in the Bible that was set free and Jesus was crucified. So we, we don't really, we're not real keen to be called the, the Barabbas Fund. But the, the name Barnabas, um, it means son of encouragement. And 
Barnabas was a man in the Bible who he, he doesn't get a lot of a, a lot of um, a lot of airtime. You know, he doesn't get a lot of playtime. But but he's a really cool guy. So if you guys ever want to do a study on somebody in the Bible, do it on Barnabas because he's a he was a he was a good dude, and he just like his his name, son of encouragement. He lived up to that. And as an organization, we come alongside the persecuted church, and we want to just encourage them and love them. I really believe that, you know, when the Bible talks about we're all the same body, and when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And as we, we are family here in this room, we remember, too, that we've got family in other parts of the world. And, and those, those are just as much a part of us. When, when they suffer, we suffer. When they rejoice, we rejoice, you know? And sometimes it's hard for us to kind of to think about those people. We don't, we don't see them every day. We don't talk to them. We don't hear about them. You don't hear too much in the news about the persecuted church, do you? Not like barely anything, hey? We, we heard, uh, you know, a, a couple months back about what happened in Sri Lanka and the Christians who were attacked there. But we really don't hear all of the stories. And persecution is, is, is massive today. It's, it's the, one of the, Christians are one of the most persecuted religions in the world, you know? And, and they're our family, that's us. How many of you guys in here um, worried about somebody coming into the church this morning and attacking us? Anybody? We don't really think about that. Even with the, the situation that happened in Christchurch in March, you know, we, we saw something horrible happen to the mosques in Christchurch. But that still hasn't really like registered for us here. We don't, we don't think about that. And praise God that we don't have to. But we do have to think about our brothers and sisters in places like, um, like Nigeria, where there's a church attack there every every week, more than one church attack, to be quite honest. And I've heard um, friends in Nigeria tell us, um, tell me before, you know, we pray with one eye open because they never know if somebody's going to come in and try to hurt them or attack them. And so they literally pray with one eye open. And we didn't think about the, that today, did we? We bowed our heads and we closed our eyes and we prayed and we didn't have a care about anything else that, than, what we were, than what we were praying for, right? And that, that's an amazing blessing for us, that we don't have to worry about that. But our responsibility then is to think, all right, how and what can I do to help my family who does have to worry about things like that? Because I believe with all my heart that that's, that's our responsibility, you know, we don't have to live in that, and that's fantastic. We don't have to think about those things. But we do have to think about and care about our family over there who does have to. And the most amazing way that we can do that is through compassion and through prayers for our brothers and sisters. You know, a lot of people think that when I come to a church that I just want to kind of shake you by the legs and shake out all the gold, gold coins, you know? And, you know, as an, as an organization, we, we fundraise so that we can help provide food and blankets and clothes to people who have left everything. You know, people who in Syria who literally left everything because they were told to either convert to Islam or they would die, you know? So, so that's, that's important. But my challenge to you today, and, and what I hope you hear more than any, anything today, is that, that you're challenged and encouraged to really, really commit to prayer, our persecuted brothers and sisters. And I hope that on Thursday, that's something that you guys pray for, Murray. I hope that on Thursday that you include the persecuted church. If you don't already, I would imagine you probably already do. But if not, 
Use every opportunity you can to pray. One of the, the um, chapters that, what I want to talk about today is um, 2 Corinthians. And it's talk about, talking about um, God comforting us. And how when we, he comforts us, he does it so that we can comfort others. And that, that's a really, really amazing thing that he does for us, isn't it? You know, that, that comfort that God talks about. When the Bible talks about God's peace, it's a peace that the world doesn't know. You know, we, we have times of kind of quietness, but all around us today is chaos, right? I mean, do you guys feel that? You look around, you turn on the news, you listen to the news. Alexa, tell me the news today. And what does she talk about? She talks about like everything bad going on. Hey, there's not really a lot of good stuff. And we see all of these like, um, these catastrophes and, and things like that that are happening all over the world. Can we get the, a little, can I get a little love up here? Um, and I'm gonna put the verses on, on the screen for you so you can see them. Um, just forward it to the, when you get it up, just forward it to the Corinthians, hey? Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and read this because this is some powerful stuff right here. And, and I want this to just, to sink into your hearts and your minds today. Second Corinthians um, chapter one, verse three says this. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all of our comfort. Let that just sink into your soul this morning. Because no matter what this past year, this past week has brought, no matter what pain, all of us have pain, all of us have problems, but God is the source of all of our comfort. Isn't that amazing that we have that kind of a God? There is no other God like our God. There are a lot of religions in the world, but not one who says he is the source of all of our comfort. And no matter what we go through, no matter what our persecuted family goes through, God is in the midst of what they're dealing with. No matter what. It goes on to say he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Jesus Christ. You know, when Paul was writing this, he, think about who Paul was. Before Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, who was he? Saul, yeah. And what did Saul do? He persecuted. Like, it wasn't just a little bit of persecution. It wasn't just, he didn't like Christians. He wanted Christians dead. And he wanted Christians dead because he thought that that's what his religion wanted. He thought that what Christians were doing was going against what his religion thought. You know, doesn't that kind of sound like ISIS? Doesn't that kind of sound like Boko Haram, who are tormenting, torturing, killing, kidnapping Christians because they are doing it for their God? And you know what? Paul, he was doing a really good job of persecuting Christians. And then Jesus Christ met him on the road, and he flipped his life upside down. You see, when we commit to praying for the persecuted church, we have to pray for our, those who are persecuting the church as well. Because I think when we pray for the people who are persecuting Christians, think of the worst of the worst. Think of ISIS who was beheading people, who still are beheading people. Think of Boko Haram who's kidnapping young girls and selling them into slavery. Slavery and doing the worst things that they could possibly do to a young, young girl. And we're, we're meant to pray for those people. 
And I'm going to be honest. That's really hard, isn't it? It is. We can admit that today. We don't have to be like brave Christians today. We can be honest Christians. And we can say, you know, it is really hard to pray for ISIS and the horrible things that they do. For example, last, our last magazine we put out, there was a story about Boko Haram, and they had kidnapped a bunch of Christians, guys and um, families, about 76 of them. And they killed all the men. They killed the men. And they looked at the women the next day, and they said, look, if you don't convert, we're going to kill, not you, we're going to kill your children. And you know what happened? The next day, they, they, they went through with what they were talking about. They weren't messing around. But that night, before they were going to line up the children, Jesus Christ met these little kids, and he said, look, don't worry about this. And the little children told their parents, God's got us. You don't have to worry about this. This isn't something that happened ages ago. This is something that happened a month ago. And God showed up, and he told those kids, I've got you. I'm the source of all comfort no matter what happens to you. I've got you. And so the children told their, their moms that. And the moms, the next day when, when Boko Haram lined them up, guns pointing at their children. And they said, look, we told you last night, either you deny your God or we're going to kill your children right in front of you. And what happened next was as they pointed their guns at the children to kill them, because the mom said, no, we're not going to do it. We can't deny our Jesus. We cannot do that. No matter what you do to us, we can't. And all of a sudden, the men just started screaming, snake, 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 like just screaming at the top of their lungs, freaking out because God had done something. He had sent deliverance, and they ran off, every single one of them gone, gone. God delivered them. I mean, can I get an amen? Yes. Come on, that should just make you just well up with the God we serve. He is awesome. He is really the God of all comfort. He's not playing around when he says that in his Bible. So what are you going through today? What are you going through? Because God's got you. Believe that. If he can deliver those children, if he can show up, in the midst of that and deliver those children, what can he do for you? That's our Jesus. We don't serve some weak God. We don't serve some God who sits way, way up or a God that we don't know which one to pray to because there's so many. We serve one God who loves us with that kind of love that is beyond anything we can hope or imagine. That aroha, that agape. That intense, I'm going to comfort you no matter what you go through. And he does. He does. So then he goes on to say this. You know, we, we're suffering. Paul, he, he knew what it was because Paul was spent a lot of his time writing these letters when he was in prison. Verse 5 says, For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Jesus Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Mm. And then he goes on to say, we, you ought to know what, what's gone on with us about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. 
But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. Paul was being beaten to the point where he almost died many times. And this reminds us so much of our Christian family because they suffer and they know what it feels like to suffer. And yet they say the same thing, but as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and we learn to rely on one God who raises, on, on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. I could just drop the mic right now, right? But I won't, because I know you guys would kill me, hey. <laughs> but that, I mean, look at that. See, prayer is something that is not weak or lame. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. It's powerful. So when we pray for the brothers and sisters who are suffering, those ones just like Paul, who are, who are troubled beyond their ability to endure, some of them are just like, ah, when is this going to end? You know, they're, they, they're sitting in a cell somewhere or they're in a, in a bush somewhere, you know, because they're running from people who are trying to kill them because of their faith. And, and they're, they're just at this place where they're like, ah, when is this going to end? We look around at all the chaos in the world and we're like, gosh, when is it going to get better? But our prayers are what bring hope, just like they did with Paul, because he knew that people were praying for him, and so he could keep going. He could keep doing what he knew he was meant to be doing, right? And that's how our prayers affect the Christians over there in places where we might not ever get to go. We not, might not ever get to go to Kazakhstan or Turkey or Saudi Arabia, but our prayers sure do, you know? When I've talked to people in Syria, when I was over there, we were doing a feeding program there. And I remember specifically telling somebody that the church in New Zealand is praying for them. And that was what caused hope to well up in her life. Because a lot of Christians in countries where they're persecuted, they feel alone, you know? Just like we have many times before. Sometimes in our stuff we're going through, we feel alone, don't we? But the thing is, is that when people are praying for us, it, it gives us that, that hope to keep going, doesn't it? And that's what we're meant to do. We, we, can't, we can't not, sorry for my bad English, we can't not pray for them. We have to pray for them. It's not just a, a choice, it's something that we're obligated to do, not because, um, simply because of the reason that we're supposed to love. You know, we love others because God loved us. We love the persecuted church because God loves the persecuted church. And we pray for that comfort. We pray for that comfort. Not just for this, this family in here, but for our family everywhere. All right, so we look at persecution in the world today, and persecution is one of those, um, those, those religions that I was, I was talking about, Christians are one of the most persecuted faith groups in the world today. Over 215 million are persecuted for their faith. That's a massive number. Basically, if you break that down, that means like one in 10 Christians are persecuted. And the fact that they're persecuted for their faith, that, is that good? Sweet. Awesome. Just like this says, there are places in the world right now where, where being a Christian is the most dangerous thing that they can be, 
the bits on this map highlight where Christians are being persecuted. It also highlights where we're working at. So some of the places that aren't shaded on there, it doesn't mean that Christians aren't persecuted there. It just means that that's an area that we we aren't working in. For example, Saudi Arabia isn't shaded on there, but we know that Christians, it's almost impossible to be a Christian in Saudi Arabia, yet there's still a lot of Christians in Saudi Arabia. And I said that too, 115 million are persecuted for their faith. Now, how they're persecuted is different things. They're, you know, they're persecuted by their families when they, um, when they convert to Christianity. And a lot of people, when they convert to Christianity, their families just completely exile them. They don't even want to talk to them anymore. Um, they don't have freedom of choice of, of religion. A lot of countries, it's not okay to be a Christian. It's actually illegal to be a Christian. And so... You can't just go to a country and stand up and start preaching because you get thrown in jail like immediately. They face, face threats to renounce their faith, things like that. Like these are all the things. Churches are attacked. You know, we had um, in China, uh, this new government that's there has, has been really targeting Christians. And so even in churches in China where they are allowed to worship, they're tearing down the, the crosses from the church and they're replacing it with the um, Chinese flag. Think about that. Tearing down the cross is, is a serious thing. The cross is our foundation. It's what we stand on as Christians. But it's also the, one of the most hated um, things in the world today because what the cross symbolizes, it, it really makes people angry. They're, they're killed and they're um, attacked. A lot of people in some countries, um, they have to kind of watch their back all the time because they never know when somebody's going to try to hurt them. This man right here, he was um, walking out of his church service one day and a group of men came by on motorbikes and threw acid on him. And years later, he's still facing surgeries and things like that to, 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 re, to recuperate. Social exclusion. There's guys like um, this man named Deepak in India, and I love this story. You see, the one thing that, that I've learned through working with the persecuted church and praying with them is that many times we feel like, um, we feel sorry for them in a way. But to be honest, what their faith does in these stories like this man, Deepak, is it encourages me to live my faith out more loud, more proud. Because in New Zealand, we are, are we a Christian country? Supposedly, exactly. We're a very secular country, aren't we? And even though people were allowed to be Christians here and it's not illegal for us to be Christians, people are basically like, yeah, go ahead and be a Christian, but shut up about it, right? You know? And so we, we have this thing where we don't, where sometimes we, we feel like we need to be PC or we don't want to say anything to offend somebody. But people like Deepak, he's a, a man who, a young man, probably 23, 24 years old, he was going out and evangelizing. He was talking to people about Jesus. And one day as he was doing this, he was, a, he was attacked, kidnapped by a group of men, taken to a building, stripped naked. They electrocuted him. They pulled out his fingernails. They beat him. And they kept telling him, deny your God. Deny your God and we'll let you go, Deepak. Just all you have to do is deny him. But if you don't, we're going to throw you on this train track and let it come and run you over. How horrible would that be? But instead of denying Christ, he says this, kill me, but I will not abuse the name of Jesus. Wow. You know, sometimes we get nervous when somebody asks us a question about the Bible or about our God. But people like Deepak, that is an encouragement to us. Man, use this country as a mission field. 
How many different nationalities are here in this country? Heaps. And where are they coming from? Countries where it's illegal to talk about Jesus. And where have they come to? A place that we can talk about Jesus all we want. And, and we have to love people enough to do that. That's loving people when we're not afraid. We're more like Deepak and we're like, look, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you make fun of me. I don't care if I lose my job. Ow. I don't care what happens to me. I will not deny Jesus and I want you to know who he is and how much he loves you. I, I, just, I just want you guys to, to walk out of here with a, a fresh, renewed love for your Fanao in here and your Fanao who's over there to the point where it, it, it moves you to pray. You know, Paul, one of the greatest things that he, I think he said was, Christ's love compels me. I can't stop talking about God because Christ's love compels me. Amen, eh? It does. And Christ's love should compel us to pray and love those around us, even if they've hurt us, even if they've been real stink. We're supposed to love no matter what. And maybe some of us in here need to forgive. Maybe some of us in here need to have a bigger heart. Maybe some of us in here need to, to think about, you know, not just our own lives, but maybe how God wants to use us in somebody else's life. Because like we read in Corinthians, we are meant to be people who take the comfort that God has given us, and we spread that far and wide. You know, I, I love, I've heard once before, somebody said, you know, you might be the only Bible that somebody reads. Mm. And, you know, if we let this book transform our lives, man, God is going to do some amazing stuff in Huntley. Yeah? He's going to do some amazing stuff in this community. You don't just have a church so that you guys can come here and worship on Sundays. I mean, that's one of the main reasons. But, man, we're called to go out. Hey, this is, this is just meant to, for us to come in here, go, yeah, you guys are awesome. God's awesome. Let's go out and do it. Let's get it done. Or as you Kiwis say, let's, let's get amongst it. Hey, let's do that. Let's get amongst it today. Let's get amongst this whole life that God wants us to live because it can go by so quickly, you know? And we're meant to, to, to just to be light in darkness, and to love, and to love our Christian brothers and sisters, and to also learn from them. You know, we, we take stories like Deepak's story, and we go, yeah, God, I, you know, whatever comes my way this week, I want to, I want to do something for you, and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know? So, I hope God spoke to your hearts today. I hope you walk out of here and you're really ready to, to do some good work for, for God, but to also pray for the persecuted church who is doing it, they're living it, and no matter what happens to them, they, they love God so much that they're not going to do anything, but, but keep talking about him, even in the hardest, hardest bits. So let's pray. Thank God we don't have to pray with one eye open. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church that is doing such good work in the community. Thank you for um, Murray and Jenny as they, they lead this church. Lord, I pray for them. I pray for them that you give them, them strength and peace, your peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, that they lead this flock to the best of their ability and with all of your love and all of your power. 
the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Lord, may that live in us as we go out of this place. Lord, we pray for the persecuted church wherever they are today. I know that some of them would love to take communion and they can't, or they'd love to just be able to shout at the top of their lungs that they love you, but they know that if they did that, they'd get arrested. So Lord, I pray that you help us to take what we, were, what we heard in Corinthians today, that we know that you comfort us no matter what we're going through in our life. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for, for having our backs. Thank you for just wrapping your arms around us and loving us. May we use that comfort then to love others in the midst of whatever they're going through and ultimately to love our Christian brothers and sisters as well who suffer around the world today. Lord, we know that you are gonna come back for us. Come, Lord Jesus, we're ready. But Lord, in the meantime, may we be soldiers for you and, and go out and just and do good stuff no matter where we go. May our lives be um, an offering for you, Lord, a fragrance, you know, that, that just lingers when we walk into a cafe or a home or our schools or work. May we be that, um, that fragrance of Jesus Christ. And may people be drawn to us. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for who you are and how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.